Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Receiver fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Well, since it is the month of July, I've decided what episode I'm going to do for Mike Seaver. And out of the two episodes, there was Thank God It's Friday from Season 2 and Fortunate Son. And somebody was nice enough to say, hey, can you do the episode from Season 4, Fortunate Son? Because it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm like, you know what, sure, I'll do that episode. Season 4, Episode 16, Fortunate Son, which aired on February 22nd, 1989. Mike discovers his new boss is a bigot, or a racist, if you want to call it that. And also, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch all the episodes of Growing Pains, which is awesome. This episode has a 6.9 out of 10 rating based on 26 ratings on IMDb. This episode was directed by John Tracy, writers Neil Marlins, the creator, and written by Tim O'Donnell. So if you'd like to follow along with the podcast, I do an episode a month. And for the month of July, we're focusing on Mike. In June, we had Luke Brower. In May, we had Carol Seaver. And then in... Okay, I gotta look. So I took April off, and Ben Seaver was the character that I had chosen for the month of March. I'm thinking for August, I might do either The Birth of Chrissy from Season 4, or, see, there's a couple others in Season 7 that are Chrissy-related that I might do. We have The World According to Chrissy, which is where Maggie is concerned about Chrissy's mental health when she develops. Oh, no, 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 mm -mm, I am not doing that episode. That is a, that is a, uh, uh, episode. Mike dressed as a mouse. <laughs> so there's season seven, episode eight, There Must Be a Pony. Jason uses psychiatry when Chrissy refuses to go to bed. And Luke achieves instant popularity in high school because, of course, he does. He's Luke, right? Okay, and the other one I was thinking of, it's called the, the Kid Still Got It, where Maggie and Carol visit a health club. Mike and Jason find out that Chrissy has head lice. Yes. So, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to leave it up to you guys and let you guys decide what one episode I will do of Chrissy. I will get to the mike siever cocaine episode in 2020 so i'll get to that now by then i'll just be doing random episodes here and there um 
I have for I think September and October. Um, I'm not sure which month's gonna be which, but one I would do an episode with Jason, where he counsels a girl who has thoughts of suicide. It's a really good episode. And then, of course, the one with Maggie losing her father to cancer. So that is a very powerful... Uh, both of them are, so... And then I think, you know, on occasion I'll give you guys choices, like, which out of these few episodes that I choose throw up there, like... Between this one and one, this one, I'll let you guys, you know, decide what you would want me to do, so... Alright, let's waste no time getting into this episode. This is a good one. If you know Mike Seaver, you know that he has had many, many, many jobs. He is the kind of guy that unfortunately just cannot keep a job. He doesn't really take it, you know, that seriously. And this, hey Lund, um, this is a problem we are still facing to this day. And it, it's terrible to think that, I mean, I honestly wish we could live in a world where this is not a problem. And unfortunately, it's, I just wish we could have something where we could all just not be judged by, you know, who we are, not judge people for who, you know, the color of their skin, or just not judge anyone regardless. I know you're probably thinking you're living in a fantasy world that's not going to ever happen, but it's like, you don't know that it won't ever happen. Maybe not in our time, but maybe one day. I like that at least Growing Pains did deal with this episode in the best way that they could. Mike is usually a goofy guy that doesn't take a lot seriously in life. But I love how Jason and Maggie do set him straight as in, we did not raise you to think that way. I mean, but enough talk, let's get into this. Okay, so this is season four. We start with a cold opener. The family's sitting around to dinner. Well, everybody but Mike. And Ben, of course, you guys know Ben loves to eat. He's a teenage boy. He likes to eat. He's like, hey, if Mike doesn't show up, can I, like, have his ravioli? And the whole family's like, no. At this point, Chrissy is not even a toddler. She looks to be maybe between the ages of maybe three and six months old at this point. I'd say closer to maybe four months old. So at this point, I guess Mike works at a car wash, but he's going to come in and say he's got a different job. Um, I know this is just a set in the background. You know how the uh, in the Seaver, just off of the kitchen, they have that greenhouse with all those plants? I know they're on a set, and, you know, there's fake trees outside and everything, but the way that light that they're using is hitting to emphasize, like, the sun is setting. It is gorgeous looking. I it's like I know in my mind in my mind it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. But it's I love sunsets. I rarely get to see a sunset anymore because there isn't a where I was before where my machine was at my job before you could this was like four years ago before they moved it. <laughs> um you could see the but sometimes you can see reflections of the sunset, like, on some of the, the walls coming in through the tall windows, or the, uh, the higher-up windows. And I'll say to my coworker, like, hey, you can tell the sun looks like it's starting to set. And we can, if we look far enough down, we can see the sunset. But I love sunsets. I don't get to see them enough. They're so gorgeous. 
What do you guys like, a sunrise or a sunset? I think they're both equally beautiful. When I would have to get on the bus at like 6.55 in the morning, the school bus, you'd see like the sun starting to rise and that orangish, like purplish, pinkish hue as the sun. It's just gorgeous. The clouds, just so gorgeous. So Carol brings it up to Jason like, hey, since Mike's got a job, can I also look for one? Because Jason refers to, you know, Mike is, you know, trying to make a living. He'll pay his way around here. And she's like, oh, can I get a job? And he's like, oh, you want to pay your way around here? And she's like, oh, heck no. I mean, yeah. So can I get one? And Jason makes a comment like, well, I mean, as long as you don't try to become a topless dancer. So Carol's like, great, I'll start pounding the pavement tomorrow. And of course... We have to throw in a fat joke via Ben, like, huh, look out pavement. Like, come on now. So Carol was right about that bug storm at the car wash, because Mike comes in, he's like, sorry I'm late, bug storm on the expressway. You know how it is. Mike's wearing a jean jacket, and he's got, like, a red hood in the back, but you can see, like, on the front of his jean jacket, it's, like, a little bit of... Was he wearing the jean jacket while he was... No, he wouldn't be doing that while he's washing cars. The jacket would be soaked through. What did he get? Like, 60 bucks? Because Jason's like, alright, since it's payday, Mike, you can give me this month's rent and last month's rent. And he hands him one single bill for one month, which I'm guessing is 20 bucks. And then he hands him another one for, you know, last month's rent, which he missed, which is another 20 And Carol, of course, is like, hey, you can pay me back what you owe me. The $20 that he borrowed from her. And he's like, no, and she takes it from him. Like, no problem. He's left with two bucks. He made $62. Granted, this is 1989. I don't know what minimum wage was back in the day. He must be, like, working part-time. I mean, he's out of high school at this point, but... So, the family kind of cycles out, Jason, Meg, and Maggie's already gone anyway, she didn't stay for this whole conversation. She's like, I gotta get Chrissy to bed, give her a bath, breastfeed her, what have you. And Carol takes her 20 and she's into the living room, same with Jason. Mike's like, what am I gonna do with two bucks? And Ben's like, well, you could uh, play some video games with me. And, of course, Mike being Mike, like, hey, look, I'm a college student. I got better things to do on a Saturday night than play video games with my dweeby brother. Or destroying universes with my dweeby brother. Of course, Ben's like, well, I'll buy. And Mike's like, all right, let's go. And that was a cold open. And, of course, at this point in season four, it's always whoever's left standing out in the road in front of the house. That's who the story's going to focus on. But with the title, Fortunate Son, you kind of know it's not going to be about Carol, Maggie, or Chrissy. Oh, I know this song, Fortunate Son. This is, son, bleh. Sorry, it's like 9.06 at night. <laughs> and a semi-long day. Um, <laughs> Fortunate Son, Credence Clearwater Revival is the band. Um, yeah, I know this song. Some folks are born to... Some folks are born made to wave the flag. Ooh, they're red, white, and blue. And when the band plays Hail to the Chief, ooh, they point the cannon at you. Okay, I'm not singing. I've heard the song. I'm not doing it any justice by, like, reading the lyrics. So I'm kind of looking at 
Because I remember the song was in the Forrest Gump movie when Forrest goes to Vietnam. But I'm just kind of looking through these lyrics. And let's see. I ain't no senator's son. I ain't no fortunate one. Some folks are born silver spoon in hand. Lord, don't they help themselves. Oh, but when the tax man comes to the door, Lord, the house looks like a rummage sale. Yes. Some folks inherit star-spangled eyes. They send you down to war. And when you ask them how much should we give, they only answer more, more, more. I ain't no military son. I ain't no fortunate one. I ain't no fortunate one. And that's pretty much the song. What? I'm kind of wondering when. Okay, when was it? What is the meaning? That's what I'm kind of curious about. This person... True meaning of fortunate son is that children who are born rich have an advantage. The song states, some folks are born to wave the flag, some folks are born silver spoon in hand. The rich in this song represents how spoiled fortunate they are to not enter the war. They get whatever they ask. I remember towards the end of American Dreams Season 1, where J.J. Pryor, the oldest Pryor child, Graduated high school, he went, I think it was to, he was going to go to Notre Dame, but I think he ended up going to Lehigh. And it just, or maybe he didn't go to, that's a podcast I, that's still <laughs> in development. I only got four episodes in. I will return to the um, Dance Down Bandstand podcast one day. But anyway, um, his leg, he, he broke his leg and he never really got it back because he was a football player and he went on to college and just, it was just so different that he came back and really his only real option other than maybe to help, you know, his dad run his TV and radio store was he entered the army and his girlfriend Beth at the time was like, Hey, I can talk to my dad you know, because her family has money, like, hey, maybe he can talk to somebody, help you get out of this. And he's like, no, I don't need to hear from your dad's congressman friend. I don't need him to try to get me out of this. So, but I, I always kind of wondered about that song and kind of the what, you know, people's interpretations and meanings, you know, what they think the meanings of certain songs are. Okay, so what happens here is that Ben and Mike are... And, like, a, it's a convenience store, really. It's probably, like, like a Walgreens or a CV. Well, kind of, sort of like that. But they're playing arcade, uh, arcade games. So Ben is offering Mike a burrito. And he's like, no, no, I'm still tasting that last one. Because they probably have a microwave in that convenience store. You, know, you probably bought the, hey, hey, while we're here, oh, they got frozen burritos. We can have some burritos, some snacks, which I'm sure they'll push just before they play. They're not really loitering if they're buying things, and they're putting money into this arcade game, so. So I'm going to play this clip as Mike is saying he it's not easy to find a job. I'm tired of the car wash. I've been looking for three weeks. And Ben's like, are you kidding me? It is so easy to find a job. And he goes and talks to this one guy who works there. And these blue jackets that these workers are wearing make them look like they're either pharmacists or they work for a, uh, a pharmacy company. They, they look like pharmacists. So Ben goes to this one guy. He's like, hey, uh, do you work here? Do you have a, um, uh, are they hiring here? And the guy just, his English isn't the best. And it's just like, I'm guessing he, he's stocking stuff. 
But it's just, I don't know, but. So Ben doesn't really get very far with him. Well, you oh, excuse me, do you need any help here? Yes, I can nose. Uh, no, no. Who do we see to get this phone for a job? Job? Yeah, who do we see for a job? For a job? Ah, uh, sorry, don't get it for a job. But we got for sausage and yes. for grind. No, 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 Penny, Penny, never mind. No, do you need other people to work here? Work here, yes, I work here. Mm. No, 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 Penny, forget it. Work here, him. Ah, uh, I got for you mini jar. Mini jar? Raj, he's like, yes, I, he says get mini jar, which means, you know, manager, and the guy comes up, shakes Mike's hand, says, hey, which one of you two are looking for work, and he mentions, like, oh, are you this guy's agent, like, talking to Ben, like, what's an agent, and Nick's like, it's someone who, like, helps someone find a job, and then gets a cut of the action, like, oh, yeah, I'm his agent, and like, oh, Ben, we don't need you anymore, come back. So he says, look, and I, um, I got the night shift coming up in about 15 minutes if you want to take it. And he says, this is the first time we do get a racial comment from him. Because he says, Raj has been working a double shift, which is probably like 12 hours or probably 16 hours. I'm not sure. He says he's been working a double shift so much that his dot is falling off, as in being that he is, you know, he's an eth ethnic, um, and, you know, with, with the doubt for the culture, um, so I can't, mm, and, and Mike doesn't really even think about that, he's like, oh, job, yeah, I'll be here, because the guy's like, do you, are you a full-time student? Have you had previous history? He basically given a quick little interview on the spot. Do you have a way to get here? He's like, yeah, I got a car out front. I'm like, all right, 15 minutes. Do you want to work the late shift? You got the job. So we got back to the house. Carol and Jason are on the couch. She's going through the classifieds because that's how you went and looked for a job back in the day. I did that. I actually even went through the phone book, too. When I was 18, I'm like, I want to work at a video store. And I was calling and calling and calling, and I think I was, like, 20 years old when I got into... Shortly after I turned 20, I was like, I want to work in a video store, and I kept calling to see if places were hiring. 
And I just, I didn't know where exactly in the city, like, these Hollywood videos were located. Because I just went, like, in the phone book and they were listed, like, by their address. I'm like, I'll call each one and see if they're hiring. Luckily, the one that I called was hiring. I did go down and fill out, you know, an app. You had to do it on their little, um, computer screen, so... So, basically, she's looking at one that is a go-getter to assist a think tank executive. And Jason's like, well, that's great, honey, but those people don't actually do anything. Like, think broader. Keep looking, basically. So, it's like, yeah, they kind of sit there and they talk about their dreams and their fantasies and this and that. And Carol, like, looks at him like, well, isn't that what psychiatrists do? You're basically, people are paying you to listen to their thoughts, their worries, and all that stuff. She got you, Jason. <laughs> she got you pegged. Yeah, that shut him up. <laughs> of course, Maggie's got to laugh at this while she feeds Chrissy a bottle. So poor Benny's got to walk home after finding Mike a job? It's dark outside. He could have been mugged. Maybe a convenience store isn't that far away from the house. He's like, yeah, he makes me walk home after I find him a new job. Real nice. You have two parents and a sister who can drive. You could have called one of them to come and get you, Benny. Do not walk alone outside at night. Not safe. So I'm going to play this clip here as Ben tells them the type of job that Mike got. Okay, Mike's working the graveyard shift at the stock run. The what shift? The graveyard shift. I don't think I like that. You don't like it. You didn't have to walk home. No, no, a lot of robberies happen at those stores, and most of them happen late at night. Relax. He's got a gun under the counter. What could happen? Okay, the place is called the Stop and Run, or the Stop and Go. Okay, it's called the Stop and Run. He's running the grade, working the graveyard shift, which is probably going to be your average, like, 11 o'clock to, like, 6 or 7 in the morning, or maybe midnight to 8 in the morning, depending. And, of course, graveyard shift doesn't exactly inspire confidence in Maggie. Like, I don't like that. Like, yeah, it sucks. I don't know where. I want to look up where that term graveyard shift. It's got to be something to do with, like, cemeteries, right? Like, they dig graves in the middle of the night. And Ben, before he goes upstairs, like, oh, don't worry. Mike's got a gun under the counter. And you hear the audience like, whoa. Like, yeah. And Maggie's concern is usually there are a lot of robberies that happen at these type of places. They're going to occur, like, maybe at, like, 1, 2, 3 in the morning. So, yeah. Now it gives them something to be stressed out about. Okay, so here's what I found on the graveyard shift. The definition is a work shift that runs through the early morning hours, typically covering the period between midnight to 8 a.m. Uh, okay, why is it called graveyard shift? The night shift, midnight to 8 a.m., is often called gra the graveyard shift, and it is for good reason. People who work nights are two to four times more likely to fall asleep on the job and have accidents, according to the National Commission of Sleep Disorders. It says that the name the graveyard shift originated in the U.S. at the latter end of the 1800s. Okay. It says, it comes from the quiet, lonely ambience of the small hours. What is graveyard shift like? Graveyard shift is a synonym for the 
for third shift, midnight shift, and night shift because there are typically fewer customers and colleagues on the clock. It's like working in a graveyard. Really? 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 Okay. Um, here's a fun... <laughs> I'll tell you what it was like when I worked third shift at um, Kmart. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, it was 2006. It was Thanksgiving, the night before Black Friday. And this was a seasonal position. I'd never worked third shift in my life. I came in at 11 o'clock at night. I was going to be there till like 7. So I was really nervous. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to stay up. What happens, you know, when I start to get really tired, like maybe around 1 or 2. I get caffeine pills. <laughs> Yes, and uh, I looked at the bottle after I'd taken two of them. Looked at the bottle. One pill is equal to two cups of coffee. So I wasn't really feeling the effects because I took them, like, when I started at 11. First break happened probably about, probably one, close to two. I started, I was, we were on a break, and I was sitting down, and all of a sudden my hand starts going like this, uh, and my foot starts tapping, uh, and it's, it's, it's just, oh, that caffeine is kicking into my system, and the person I'm working with, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, so they let me go at 2 in the morning, like, you need to go home, and I was so freaked out, I'd, I already had a job, this was just a second job for a little added income, and I was worried, I actually came in that, you know, during the waiting, the waking hours, probably about, like, 8 o'clock, to see if I still even had a job left, like, I was afraid they're gonna fire me, and they're like, no, we just want to make sure you're okay, like, I felt terrible, like, I, I learned my lesson. I would never take caffeine pills ever again. Wow, there are quite a few people in there for it being midnight. We got, like, maybe ten people in there or more. So Raj is kind of, you know, showing Mike the ropes here. And he says, all the cash goes in the overnight machine, probably, which is down below the register. And he's like, put it in there or they will <laughs> slit your throat. He's like, all right, I'll try to remember that. So the payphone rings. And he's like, hey, that's my girl. She calls me every night just to check in, see how I'm doing. And, of course, since Mike is taking over the graveyard shift, his girlfriend, uh, Raj's girlfriend, doesn't have to call anymore, so he's really excited about that. Also, he doesn't, uh, Raj explains, so the Twinkies, the Ho-Hos, all that stuff. And Mike's like, oh, like, basically, he knows, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, of course, Raj is like, we don't sell whoa-whoas anymore. Nobody bought them. <laughs> so, basically, Raj is like, because you are covering for me, me and my girl, we're going to get it on tonight. Thank you for taking the graveyard shift. So a customer comes in. There's a lot of them in there. And Raj is like, oh, I will show you how to handle the customer. He goes over and it is actually someone of the same uh, ethnic background, which is great for him. And they just start, you know, talking and everything like that. And Mike's just kind of watching like, yeah, cool. All right, now we're cutting back to the house. Maggie, of course, is up. You know she's worried. She can't go to sleep until Mike is home safe. And she's got some silverware out there. She's pretending to polish it. So I'm going to play this clip as Mike comes in there. And he's like, Mom, what are you doing polishing the silver in the middle of the night? And she's like, well, I've been meaning to get to it. And she's like, oh, I'm not worried about you, Mike, since you have a gun on, under the counter. And he's like, Mom, look. The only people that came in there were insomniacs who bought frozen burritos. It's 
fine. And Maggie's like, you know, you're not a kid anymore. Your father and I really can't tell you what to do. We can't tell you to quit this job. She just wants to see her son safe, which is understandable. Oh, you heard about my new job? I did? Well, look, Mom, there's nothing to worry about. You know, all I saw tonight was a bunch of insomniacs buying bad frozen burritos. You want one? <laughs> right. I'll turn it in. Mike, your father and I agreed that we can't order you around like a kid anymore. This is the job you want. So be it. It's a very mature attitude, Mom. It was a very close vote. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good night. I suppose it would be too much to ask you to simply inquire about a schedule change just to keep your poor mother from worrying herself into an early grave. So don't. Good night. <laughs> All right, Mom, look, I... Come on, I mean, I'm the new guy in town. No, I, I can't just go in there and demand in these primo hours. Like I said, if it's too much to ask you to barely make the request, I understand. Stop manipulating him, Maggie. supposedly crying like oh if I cry then maybe he'll be able to go to his boss and try to get off of this graveyard shift and I agree with Mike it's like he just started that night he can't exactly and he says I'm the new guy I cannot go in there and start making demands about my schedule you just she's gonna have to live with it for now but she's thinking she puts on the tears say oh honey have a good night oh if you think that's well that you should talk to your boss about getting on a different schedule it's like, so Raj is back to working a double shift again? That doesn't make sense. I mean, Mike just took over for him. But Mike comes in there, of course, he wants to see if he can maybe get his schedule or talk to um, his boss about maybe getting his schedule changed. That's Because his boss is like, Mike, you're early, like, by 12 hours. What are you doing here? Of course, his boss is like, Raj, you've been working here so much, I'm actually starting to understand you. Like, ugh, this guy is a racist jerk. Every little quip. So we do have an African-American man named Jerry who also works there. And, of course, now the boss is going to say some stuff that is not right. Jerry, I'm glad you're here. Grab an apron, please. Raj is about to drop. <laughs> you got it. Oh, and Jerry, this is Mike Seavey. He'll be taking you on the graveyard. Really? <laughs> Well, you can get used to it again, right? Yeah, I guess. Good, good. So you and Raj will be splitting graveyard. 
No problem there with you, is there, Raj? Well, I... Sure. I be here, Nick. Uh, uh, look, uh, Nick, I feel kind of funny here. I mean, I just started in, and, and I don't think it's fair to... Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. I'm going to put you back on graveyard. It wouldn't be fair. <laughs> I'm only kidding! <laughs> right, well, it, it's just that I, I know how much it means to Raj, and... and well, they've been here longer, and I don't think they should get stuck with graveyard. Mike, please. If we can't take care of our own, who will? Oh. So, Jerry comes in, and Nick says, hey, look, grab an apron, because Raj is going to drop. He's been working in double shift. Mike brings up the fact that, you know, my mom wants me to work a safer shift, you know, and not the graveyard shift, like, maybe days. And so, basically, what Nick says to Jerry, who is African-American, he's like, look, you didn't have a problem working the graveyard shift, right? And Jerry's like, no, I mean, I got used to it. Nick's like, well, good, you can get used to it again. Oh, Raj, you and Jerry here, you're going to split the graveyard shift. All right, Mike, does that work out for you? And you see both Jerry and Raj look at Mike. Mike's the new guy, and Mike is feeling like, well, wait a minute. No, I mean, these two have been here longer. I don't feel right by that. And you know that right away that he's giving special treatment to Mike because of his skin color. And I feel bad for Raj and Jerry. I really do. This is not right. And how Jerry or Nick says, hey, Mike, we got to look out for each, our, each other. We got to take care of our own. It's like, ooh, Mike must know what that means. Because the guy winks at Nick, winks at him. Like, you get it? All right, so now we're back at the house, and Mike is coming in from work. I'm like, hey, you're on the day shift now. That must make you happy. And he's just really bothered, and and just this is just unsettling for him. So I'm going to play this clip here, because Maggie, of course, is overjoyed that Mike's now got the day shift. He's got to be there in like 10 minutes. This convenience store must be right around the corner from them, if he has to be there in like 10 minutes. He's like, hey, Dad, can I ask you something? So I'm going to play this clip. I think he's going to ask about the whole thing about prejudice and, you know, special treatment and stuff like that. Have you ever gotten something really good that, that you didn't deserve? Oh, sure I did. You got me. <laughs> no, I mean, something that, that you really wanted. <laughs> treated you really nice just because of, of who you are and not what you did or how well you did it? Oh, Mike, 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 does this involve a girl? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to make sense out of something the boy's trying to share with her. I gotta go. Mike, you're not making any sense. Are you upset? Hey, how can I be upset? I just got a new job where I'm kept warm, I work safe hours, and I wear a cute blue jacket. <laughs> Okay, so actually that did not happen yet. He's, it's kind of vague how he's asking this. And of course, Jason thinks, you know, Mike's talking about a girl. Like, did you ever get, you know, lucky with something that you felt like you didn't deserve or 
So yeah, Mike kind of starts it out like, did you ever get any something good that you felt you really didn't deserve? And Maggie's like, oh yeah, your dad got me. It's like, eh, he's trying to be serious here. And Mike's like, no, I mean something that you like really wanted. Ouch! <laughs> well, that smiles off Maggie's face. And Jason's like, ooh. <laughs> so how Mike kind of phrases this when he sits down at the table with his dad, he's like, has anyone ever given you special treatment for who you are and not, like, what you did? So I don't see how Jason gets, like, oh, Mike, 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 could this be because of a girl? Really? Really? I know that Mike's question is kind of vague and you can't really get a whole lot from it, but in no way did he insinuate anything about this being from a girl. Jason, you're a psychiatrist. You went to school for this. You should be able to suss out being, even though this is like the vaguest, vaguest scenario that he's throwing out there. So I gotta say, I find Mike's Indian accent very, very offensive. And I'm surprised that Raj hasn't found that offensive. Because Mike comes in rubbing his head like, hey Raj, how you doing? And Raj right away gives him the cold shoulder, like, I'm busy, all right, busy, and he just walks away, like, because of you, because of the color of your skin, I now have to work the graveyard shift, which originally you were brought on to do, but because the manager is white, you now get your pick of the shift, even though you've been here for, like, a week. Busy right now. Yeah, well, listen, Raj, I really want to apologize busy. for... Busy, busy. Yep. Hey, yo, Jerry, man, how's it going? I'm here. Listen, Jerry, um, I, I really <laughs> want to say that I'm sorry that you and Raj have to go back to this graveyard shift just because I'm... Hey, I've been around. I understand this is how it works. How what works? <laughs> tries to talk to Jerry and what he's trying to do with both Raj and Jerry is like he's trying to apologize for him taking the day shift and they're both having to work the graveyard shift now and it's like Mike they don't want your apology okay they they don't and even Jerry's like <laughs> you're kidding right you know how this works and Jerry says, you know, I've been around. I know this is how it works. And Mike's like, how what works? I'm like, Mike, are you really that dense? Because Jerry just kind of laughs in his face and walks off. And Mike says, I won't have any part of this. Like, are you finally wising up, Mike, to what this is? Because don't tell me that you're that dense. Okay, well, here's a prime example of the manager, Nick giving two of his products away to an elderly white woman. Like, oh, is this the one you're looking for, Winnie? And Winnie's like, well, I can't tell if it's this one or the one next to it. And, of course, Nick's like, why don't you take them both and let your arthritis decide? She's like, well, I can't afford both. He's like, you know what, don't worry, they are on the house. Like, yeah, I'm seeing a clear picture. Mike is just probably seeing in his mind, like, it's a senior citizen, he's helping her out. What, she doesn't have to pay for the product? 
And just by that visualization, he's like, wow, you're a nice guy, Nick. So apparently it's not 100% clicking in Mike's brain with the special treatment that he received and, of course, Nick giving both of those arthritis creams to the elderly lady. Just, like, giving them to her. Which, those things aren't cheap. They're probably, like, six bucks a piece. And they're probably, like, only a couple ounces. So Matt, or Matt, who's Matt? Mike blurts out, like, look, you gave me that shift change because I was white. And, of course, Nick's not going to take this lying down. Like, excuse me? The fact that you would just blurt this out in front of him, Mike, like, this is not the way to approach this situation. So Nick's like, hey, look, what's with the outburst? Have you been getting into the woe-woes? And he's like, Let, looks, let's just have a little powwow in my office. So I'm going to play this clip. Mike is slowly kind of starting to piece things together, but the way that I think Nick is going to form this, he's got pictures of, you know, his employees of minorities and stuff like that to make him look like he's an upstanding gentleman or an upstanding worker that cares about all races. Look, maybe this was just a big misunderstanding. Why don't we just forget the whole thing? Oh, no, please, please, let's straighten this out. I don't want you going around telling people that I'm prejudiced. Okay, um, what did you mean when you said... Wait a minute, you're not Jewish, are you? Excuse me? Oh, are kidding? Better be. Well, look, what did you mean when you said about us taking care of our own? Oh, no, I, I didn't mean it as an insult. I didn't want to upset you. It's just that... There's so many different kinds of people in this world, and you and I happen to be the same kind. White. Well, yeah. I mean, don't you think if there were a black man sitting in this manager's chair that he'd be looking out for Jerry? Well, I don't... Or if the manager were uh, Iranian or Indian or whatever Raj is, <laughs> don't you think that he'd be looking to give him a break or two? Well, I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah. Well, that's the way it works. Yeah, but that doesn't seem right. Mm. Welcome to the real world. So, so you mean to tell me that, that you were making fun of Raj when you were talking about him not falling off? Well, were you making fun of him when you were imitating his accent? No, I was just fooling around. So was I. Well, then I felt a little confused. You see, if I were the kind of man who bragged, I would point out my six, actually seven, Minority Employer of the Year awards. You see those? I had no idea. So I give the new white kid a break. Does that make me a bigot? The bottom line is, have I treated them any differently than I treat you? <laughs> I guess not. Have you talked to Jerry and Raj about this? Yeah. And? And, and Jerry says that that's just the way it works. Smart boy. You see, they have no problem, I have no problem, so how could you have a problem? I don't. I don't. I guess I was just a little confused. You know what? You would be good manager material. <laughs> so they go into what looks like a supply room, and they sit down on a couple cases of sodas. And Mike is hesitant now, because now this is getting a little bit personal. He's in this enclosed space with his manager. He's like, look, let's just forget the whole thing. And no, Nick's like, well, let's get this straightened out. And this guy pretty much is trying to cover up that he is a racist. He says he's got awards for minority workers. He's got a, pic a framed picture of all his minority workers and him. 
So he's trying, basically trying to cover his ass. And he also turns it around on Jerry and Raj, like, telling Mike, well, what if the manager were African-American or what if they were ending? Do you think that they would probably give Jerry or Raj special treatment over you? And he's painting a picture in Mike's head trying to just, like, what I'm doing is not a wrong thing. And Mike brings up the whole thing about what, you know, Raj was, you know, his dot falling off and everything like that. And, and Nick comes back with, well, what about when you were, you know, impersonating Raj's accent? Don't you think that, you know, he would be offended by that? Like, and Mike's like, no, I was just joking around. And he's like, well, did you talk to Raj and Jerry about, you know, this whole thing with the shift change? And he's like, yeah, but Jerry even said, it's like, you know, that's just the way the world works. That doesn't make it right, though. When he sits Mike down, he's like, oh, you're not Jewish, are you? And Mike's like, uh, no. And Nick plays it off like he's joking. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got an issue with, with Jewish people as well. This guy is like the biggest piece of shit. But as long as he's got those he's got those awards hanging up, he's got that picture to make him look like he's a, a great guy. Okay, so I went back to the picture. I see Raj and Jerry. I also see a f like at least, you know, five other African Americans. And he's got his arm around Raj and an African American lady. So basically surrounding himself with minorities to make him look like, hey, this is a friendly work environment for all races and nationalities that they can work here. So he's almost like using that as a cover-up to try to disguise and his behavior. And the only ones that are really going to see it are going to be Raj and Jerry, and now Mike is slowly being brought into the fold, where the blinders that he's been wearing for however many years are finally starting to be peeled away, and he's finally... And his parents, Jason and Maggie, are going to come at him like, we didn't raise you to think that being prejudiced and giving someone special treatment is a right thing. So I'm going to play that clip now. Well, we're fairly sure it wasn't about girls, right, Jason? More sure than I've been about anything in my life. <laughs> oh, well, look, it turned out to be nothing. I mean, you, you ever just opened up your mouth and made a complete fool out of yourself? Jason? <laughs> so, Mike, what did you say? Who did you say it to? Well, see, I just thought that I was getting special treatment at work because I'm white. Excuse me? Yeah, see, so I asked Nick about it. He's the manager, and he explained that he was just taking care of his own kind. And I shouldn't get excited about it. <laughs> that's the way the world works. So, yeah. Mm, well, well, wait a minute, no. wait a minute. How, how's the way the world works? Well, you know, I mean, just because he's white and I'm white and he gave me a break doesn't mean that he's prejudiced. <laughs> it doesn't? Mike, what do you think prejudice means? Oh, Mom, I mean, like, not letting certain people into your schools or... Or, uh, spraying them down with fire hoses. You know, stuff you see on the news. Mike, Mike, prejudice means giving somebody special treatment. Any special treatment. Well, then I'm confused. How could you be confused? Where did we ever give you the idea that it was all right to be a little bit prejudiced? Oh, no, 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 Mom, it's not like that at all. I mean, Nick, Nick has got awards. And all his other employees are minorities. Yeah, well, well, but you said you got this shift change because you were white. Well, yeah. Well, then what's the 
confusion, Mike. Now I'm really confused. Well, let me just straighten it out for you then, Mike. You go to this guy, Nick, and you say, I don't accept any special treatment. I want my old shift back. Right, Maggie? Oh, Jason, you and I should talk about this later. Well, we can talk about it in front of Mike. This is about Mike. Come on, it's important. Maggie? I don't want my son shot at three in the morning over a pack of gum. Oh, Maggie. You asked? Well, so what? He should take advantage of this guy's prejudice? No. Well, then what are you saying? She's saying that Raj should get shot at 3 in the morning. <laughs> I am not. And I'm against anybody being shot at any hour of the day or night. And who the hell is Raj? Peggy, this is about unfair treatment. You want him working at 3 in the morning with a gun under the counter? No, of course I don't. That's not what I'm talking Jason, about. Jason, Jason, I hate prejudice. But what's it really changed to send our son back to the graveyard? Shift. But this is wrong. You're right. Yes, I am. Yes. You know something else? So are you. Fletcher, clears everything right up for me. <laughs> Wish this had been enough for us. So what Mike thinks is prejudice is like the stuff that went on in the 60s with the fire hoses and not letting you know, minorities into your restaurants and stuff like that that went on. And Jason's like, um, no, being prejudiced also means giving someone of the same race special treatment over those of other races. And I don't understand. Mike seemed to be getting the picture slowly. He's got a very small brain, apparently, because it's not sinking in just yet. And Maggie and Jason seem to be on this dividing line. Jason says, Mike, I would like you to go back there and say you are accepting the graveyard shift. You are not taking special treatment. Maggie is more concerned for Mike's safety. Whereas she isn't prejudiced, but she does not want her son to be working the graveyard shift. And odds... I honestly would feel like, yeah, you cannot tell Mike Quinta he was 18, 19 years old at this point. He has to make his own decisions and be a big boy. But I would say, Mike, you have to really face this big picture. Are you willing to work for someone you know is a racist, a bigot? I surely would not do that. I have my own morals and ethics, and I would be like, forget that you can get a job anywhere. But as the type of person you work for, and you know that that person is like that, could you really put up with working for somebody like that? I mean, think about it. If you're actually getting good pay, and this, this person has their own agenda of how they think, and if you don't agree with it, and when it's something as serious as this, would you give that job up? So Mike's got to make this decision himself. Either quit the job or say that you want to get back on the graveyard shift and give Jerry and Raj the break that they should have. So now we go to the next afternoon, as it's the font says on the bottom of the screen. And he's like, hey, Jerry, you're off the shift. I'm ready to go. And, of course, we have this guy here who's being waited on, he's a white guy, by the way, and he makes a racial comment. Something about, wow, I've never seen a guy like that move that fast unless they're carrying a television or stealing a TV or some bullshit like that. All right. 
dick ass? Well, that's not the song for it. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you're right, uh, change buck 16. Oh, I thought they only moved that fast when they were carrying a TV or a football. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, the guy says, I only saw someone like that move like that when they were carrying a TV or a football. So either the guy's referring to someone who steals things or also somebody that plays football. So Mike sees Nick dusting the plaques by the side of his manager door. And he wants to test his this theory out to see, really see, for true realsies, if Nick is a true racist. So, Jerry, before he left, is like, hey, I stocked the soft drinks if Nick asks. Mike's going to go over there. He's going to pull out one of the two liters, uncap it, pour a little on the floor, put it back, put the cap on, put it back in probably in the back a little bit so uh, no one will notice. And you're going to hear what Nick thinks that that was Jerry. What the hell is this? Jerry! Jerry! Oh, what? Nick, yeah, Jerry just left. He left? Yeah. I asked him to stock the sodas and look at the mess he makes. That lazy son of a... His salary's gonna be docked for this. Oh, oh, that! Oh, oh, Nick, um, Jerry didn't do that, I did. Yeah, see, I was gonna clean it up, but I guess I just got busy and forgot. You did this? Yeah. Oh. Well, uh... Try to be more careful, will you, sir? Ooh. <clears throat> Somebody unscrewed this. This was no accident. He was. Wait a minute. You didn't get too busy and forget, did you? Do you know that you're prejudiced? Or are you just kidding yourself? You rude, smart-ass know-it-all. What are you trying to prove here? I'm not trying. I just proved it. You white bread suburban punks really get to me. Someday you'll figure out what the score is. Yeah, well, I just did. You know, you've got a lot to learn about the real world. Yeah? Well, I won't be learning it from you. I quit. Uh, you know something? You're one confused little kid. Not anymore. So Nick comes out of his office, goes over to the where the soda is placed in the coolers, notices there's a spill on the floor. He's like, what the hell is this? Where's Jerry? He's yelling for Jerry. Like, I told him to stop the soda, and he leaves a damn mess on the floor. And he's all, Nick's all in a tether, like, ugh, that damn kid, I'm gonna dock his pay. And he's calling Jerry lazy and this and that. So Mike's like, oh, Nick, sorry, actually, that was me, I got a little busy and I forgot... Nick completely changes his tune. He's like, oh, well, just be careful next time, okay, son? And, yeah, Mike's like, well, that pretty much just uh, answered that question. Now Nick goes back to the cooler, opens it, pulls out a two-liter that looks like it has been opened. And he looks at Mike like, yeah, Mike just kind of pulled one over on you. He was testing him. And he's like, you didn't just get busy and forget. You did this deliberately. Like, what are you trying to prove? And Mike's like, I just proved it. 
And he's like, do you really know that you're, like, prejudiced? Actually, I have the quote here. I want to, like, go from that. Someone actually put it on IMDb, which is awesome. All right, here we go. Nick Simpson, observing the accident Mike made with the soda bottle suspiciously to Mike. Somebody unscrewed this. This was no accident. Wait a minute. You didn't get too busy and forget, did you? Mike Sieber, look, do you know that you're prejudiced or are you just kidding yourself? Nick Simpson, furiously, you rude, smart-ass know-it-all. What are you trying to prove here, huh? Mike Sieber, I'm not trying, I just proved it. Nick Simpson, you white bread suburban punks really get to me. Someday you'll f figure out where the, what the, where the score is. Mike Sieber, yeah, well, I just did. Nick Simpson, you know you've got a lot to learn about the real world. Mike Sieber, yeah, well, I won't be learning it from you. I quit. Takes off his work jacket. Nick Simpson yells in anger. You know something? You are one confused little kid. Mike Seaver. <laughs> Not anymore. And he walks out. Mic drop! Yes. Like I said, Mike, you can find a job anywhere. It sucks. Your work history, not the greatest. But if you... He really seemed like he was trying there for a bit. If this hadn't been the case with the racism, he would have kept that job. And I think he would have done a good a good job over overtime. Maybe it's not a career, but it's you know, he's going to school and everything like that, but eventually it seems like you know something he probably would eventually get tired of doing want to move on to something else. So now that Mike comes in from work Maggie and Jason are kind of flip-flopping, where Jason's now concerned, like, with Mike's safety, like, yeah, I really don't want you working there, and Maggie's more like, well, your dad was kind of right, you know, I don't like you working the graveyard shift. Well, the fact that, you know, she doesn't want him back on graveyard, but, you know, it's just, it's the right thing to do. And Mike's trying to tell them that he quit. What are you doing, Lund? So Mike thanks them for kind of showing him the right way to think. And then he yells at Carol, Carol, where are the want ads? So that's the episode. I, I thought it was informative. I thought, wish Mike kind of would have gotten it a little clearer in his head. I mean, so yeah, I like the episode. I just, I think that um, I really wish Mike would have gotten that would have come through a little bit sooner to him, that it took him actually seeing his boss rage out about Jerry with the soda, but then when it comes, I mean, the fact that he was even going to, he called Jerry lazy, said I'm going to dock his pay, but with Mike's like, oh, just be careful next time, and it took that to finally realize, like, yes, he is giving me special treatment, and that is not going to fly anymore. So, yeah. So that is the episode for July. I hope you like it. And next month will be Chrissy for the month of August. And I'll let you guys decide what episode I should do. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.